Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me on the show this week, unfortunately Paul Whiteside is away keeping Britain warm so we've got Paul Parking uh, to join us to talk all things Salford Red Devils on the Devil in the Detail podcast this week. Paul, looking forward to this? I am indeed, mate. I don't know if I'll be uh, a suitable re- replacement for, for Mr Whiteside but I'll give it a go. How, how's, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Uh, work, work and more work. Uh, it's actually been it's been okay it's been it's been a good week so far so uh, hopefully that can carry on now through the weekend and uh, you know I look, look fresh for next next week now yeah I bumped into my first Toronto fan uh, on Tuesday oh really yeah really yeah. well I, t- I take it they haven't travelled over no no what from the from the Etihad <laughs> the, um, uh, right yeah <laughs> the um, yeah he was uh, I do, uh, you know, I say I do uh, sports on the Salford City Radio, and uh, I do it with a guy called James Sweetner, who's a student at Salford University doing media broadcasting. Very, very good. Does boxing, um, UFC, and darts. And um, I dropped him off in um, Salford Precinct, and I thought I'll do while while I'm uh, while I'm here. I'll go to the gym. You know, the pure gym on Salford Precinct. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I'll do. Instead of driving up to Stretford, I'll 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 go to Salford instead. So obviously. Kicked him out of the car on Salford Precinct, you know, got into a pure gym, did me warm up, and I noticed this, noticed him, this uh, Toronto fan, in his Toronto shirt, on the running machine, and I thought, you know what, this might be a bit awkward, this, but I wonder if I can get an interview with him about the match on <laughs> on, uh, on on Saturday. So obviously he's, he's running, he's like, he's, I don't know, he may have been about the same age as me, a uh, little bit, you know, bulkier than me. And, uh, mm. So he's on, he's on the treadmill, he's running along, and I'm thinking, what I'll do then is that I'll run with him, and when he slow, when he sort of slows down or stops, I'll stop as well. So then I give the opportunity to say, all right, mate, how's it going? You know, start chat, see how it goes. So obviously, he's, I get on, he's already running. So thinking, right, twenty, about fifteen minutes later, he's still running, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of thinking, I'm, after fifteen minutes of like shuttle running, you're like. Sort of, five, sort of three minutes at sort of level five, and then another mm. three minutes at level eight, and another three minutes at level ten, and yeah. then back down again. Gets to like fifteen minutes. I'm at level ten, right? And he's and he's not, not even breaking sweat. This guy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So you know, obviously we're going for it, and I'm trying to you know keep the pace up. So I'm thinking this has become a war of attrition now between the Toronto fan and the Salford fan, and you know we can't seem to lose uh, this early. It's all psychological even now. <laughs> Right, so obviously we're we're running along, right? And he stops, right? And at that point, I'm thinking I'll stop. So I'm going at about eleven at this point on the on the speedometer. So I hit the you know the the, the arrow that's supposed to sort of bring yeah. the speed down. Yeah. With the machine like that, if you hit it too hard, it it kind of jams. <laughs> so I'm stuck at eleven. <laughs> and he just he gets up and walks off, and I'm like, trying to, trying to like stop it, trying to stop it, and Eventually, it did stop after like a what, thirty second through, <laughs> uh, and by the turn round, he's gone. And I was like, "Oh no!" Shattered, sort of pouring with sweat. And I thought, missed opportunity. 
but I did outrun him. That was that was a good good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good start. Yeah, one 0 to Salford. Yeah, one 0 to Salford. But it was it was one of them where I think would it have been a bit awkward? Just ah, mate, can I just have a quick chat with you? You don't know Miss Madden, you know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah. but you know it's one of them things, isn't it? But it was uh, a yeah. it was it was quite funny seeing uh, you know it was like just trying to bang trying to stop it and he wouldn't stop and he just like walking out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why is he not stopping? But uh, you know it was good. Carry on fitness. Get absolutely sorry, carry on fitness. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was exactly like that, Parker. I must say, I do, I do see uh, quite a few of the Catalan, uh, the uh, Toronto players, yeah. uh, obviously working on the uh, around Media City. A lot of them live around there. Yeah, uh, and you, you bump into them quite a lot these days. And uh, I mean, they're all they're all decent guys. They all, you know, stop for a chat. Um, mm. Certainly, uh, Joey Lussick's brother Dars, he's he's full of beans. He can't wait to talk rugby league. Um, and he's, I think he's promised one of my colleagues a couple of tickets this weekend. So uh, he better come good on that one or. Uh, you might find it tricky around Media City. <laughs> so, yeah, no, they, because they're all, a lot of them are based around, around the area, especially the overseas guys. So, it's, uh, you do see them quite a lot. Yeah, lurking in Costa Coffee and all that. They love, <laughs> love coffee, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah, that's true, you know. So, yeah, so uh, that, was, that was my funny story of the, of the week. Uh, there's loads are going on uh, this week on this week's podcast, Parker. Uh, we're going to review the match uh, against Settlers. Uh, we've yeah. got Watto in Coach's Corner. I spoke to Ken Seal after the game. Uh, we've got the big news coming out of the club uh, this week. We've got Paul Whiteside's amateur report, and then we're going to preview the game against Toronto uh, on Saturday. So uh, let's start uh, with the game against St. Helens, uh, which, we, which we lost uh, last mm. week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were defeated uh, Parkett in their first uh, Super League game of 2020. They, they lost to St. Helens 48 points to 8. Um, St. Helens are on a very, very good side. Um, we just couldn't deal with, with their sort of intensity at certain periods of the match. Yeah, I've had a few days, obviously, to, to think on this. And I, I don't think the scoreline really was fair on us in the end. I don't think they deserve that, that kind of thing. You know, it looks like a, an old... School Salford beating at Saints. Um, some of our defence was, you know, questionable at times. But I thought the endeavour and, and some of the way we played, we we couldn't have asked for a tougher start to the season. Nobody would have wanted to go away to Saints first up. Um, they they were magnificent in every aspect of their game. They they were the defence was was good if if um, a little bit uh, shallow, should we say? Maybe not back to full ten, but we won't go into that too much. But an attack they are devastating. Some of the things that they, you know they do when they get that ball out wide, uh, they're, they're they're going to be you know re- real trouble this season. It's especially at home; they're a tough team to play there. And um, but I thought I thought overall, you know, yeah, we were disappointed. Scoreline looks like an absolute walloping, really. But um, there were certainly signs there that were, that were encouraging. Yeah, for for me, Parker, like you said, it, it was it looks you know on first viewing as a as a standard Salford defeat away at Settlement. But I thought the, the boys, you know, gave a lot of efforts there. You know, Saints are a very good side and, and he just kind of found different gears at different, you know, times of the game. I think the score just for half time, uh, Theo Fires going over, kind of turned the game in their favour. But that's what, you know, good teams do and big teams do. They're able to capitalise at crucial moments of, of games and that's what gets them the points. Yeah, so, I mean, that first half, uh, like you say, they, they, 
I think we again, it's easy to say, and we do a lot of Salford fans, I think, but we were on the, the, the back end of a couple of harsh calls, which gave Saints ball in our territory, which makes it very difficult. You don't want to defend against them near your line. Um, and, and, and that try by Theo came off a, I, I would call it a refereeing error. Uh, I don't think Saints should have had the ball at that point, but that was a killer. That was really tough. Um, but then, you know, we come out in the second half and we really, the first few minutes we really kicked in and, you know, Williams, when he had that try disallowed, if he scores that, you know, I mean, it was rightly ruled out, but a little bit of luck and you score that, we're in that game. You know, I think it'd have been something like 16, 8, 16, 10 or something by that point. You know, you just don't, you know, you don't know, but um, I thought... We did. We, we tried everything for, for long periods of that game, but we were on the back foot so much. Uh, it takes a lot out of you defending. And then when we got the ball, you know, you, you haven't got that that energy to, to maybe exploit the odd gap that you would do normally. But, um, yeah, you know, it's one of them games you put behind. We don't have to go there again this year. So that's uh, unless we get them in the playoffs. And if we do that, then, well, it's job done anyway. So, um, yeah, overall, disappointing scoreline couple of things we need to work on and I'm sure Watto you know he knows much more than I do um, he'll be doing that this week um, but I'm not too downhearted it was a, a tough start and they, they were magnificent from you know from woe to go really they were fantastic yeah Salford's lineup was Niall Evans at fullback Ken Seal Chris Welland Dan Sargeson Reese Williams Tui Lola here Kevin Brown Lee Mossop Joey Lussick Gil Dudson James Greenwood Tyrone McCarthy and Greg Burke on the bench Paulie Paulie Sebastian Ickett A4 Luke Yates and Josh Johnson. Um, obviously, you know, looking at that partnership, Kevin Brown and, and Tui Lola here, um, Park, it, it, it kind of showed glimpses of, of what you know what should be expected this season. Yeah, I think that they're they're going to need our pack to be on top. I think that's the, that was the key and against that Saints pack, which was absolutely monster. I mean, they they were huge. I thought we had some big guys, but wow, their their whole pack is massive. And then they, they roll them on from the bench, these kids. I don't know what they grow them in in St. Helens, but these, they do it huge. Um, and that, that's going to be tough for us. I mean, I think last year, that, that's kind of the difference with a Jacko to, a, you know, Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown's a, a controlling player, if you like, whereas if we're on the back foot or, or struggling something, Jackson would he, he generally come up with something to, to maybe make us a few yards or get us on the front foot, catch the defence off, make a half-break himself. I'm not too certain that's the way Kevin Brown, you know, is going to play the game. Um, and because we didn't have a lot of ball, you know, we're doing a lot of defending. Uh, it, it, it was tough. But, I mean, I've seen enough in pre-season to think that, you know, there is something there for us. Um, if we can get on a roll and hopefully, this, you know, this weekend we can start that. But it, it was a tough game to, to do that. And if, if, you, if you pack out on top, then you're going to struggle away at St. Tellings anyway. Yeah, I think it's a, a, a trap you don't want to fall into that obviously with Kevin Brown uh, and Jackson Hastings, two separate players, two separate styles, and you don't want to kind of fall into that trap of, well, Jack, I reckon Jackson Hastings would have done this and would have done that when Kevin Brown's a totally different player and Kevin Brown has qualities that Jackson Hastings didn't. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the team kind of evolved in, in that, really. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, we could you, know, you could easily say, you know, he's not as good as Steve Nash or something like that. Can you? Yeah. It's, it's just that way. But I think that's the expectation of, of, of what was built up from, from last year. And people are probably thinking, well, why is that? But the, the different players are going to work in different ways. And uh, I just think a little bit more luck in that first half. It, the scoreline would have been closer. And who knows, you know, 
like you say, scored just after half time. Like we, I mean, last year we went there and we were what we were sixteen nil down after about ten minutes. And we should have we should have held on and won that game. So, you know, he's going to take time. It's a new partnership, you know. And let's be honest, I mean, Tui only had sort of half a season with us last year, so it's it's a fresh start for everyone. And um, like, like I say, I'm not too disheartened. There, there were signs there, and against a lesser team than St. Helens, you, you just never know. We might, have, you know, we might have even got something out of the game. The two, the two disallowed tries. Um, do you think they were rightly disallowed? One from Williams and one from Seal. Uh, I couldn't really see the the, the Co one at the, the the far end from us. Uh, the Williams one at first, I thought it looked. It looked nailed on. Then I looked at it again on the screen and I thought, no, he's 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 not, you know, he's he's not got that. But um, I couldn't really tell you with the CEO. I've still never looked back and seen it, to be fair. But um, certainly the, the Williams one for me is not not a try. And it, you know, that's the way it works. He, Saints when they go wide, they generally you know can get over because they've created that little bit more space. Um, we were working in really tight spaces against a well-organized defense. And uh, yeah, I just I just. I think they were probably right calls. I've not heard too many people screaming about them. So, yeah, I'll settle for the uh, the decisions on them. Yeah, I suppose it's about just putting all this to the back of the minds, isn't it? Because it's the first game of the season, like you said before, we won't go back to Saints again uh, unless we get in the playoffs. Um, so we can, you know, move on uh, and start with the game against Toronto this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. mate. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just agreeing. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't think there was much more we could have expected to get out of the game. Uh, like, say, if the scoreline had been a bit kinder, um, then you know we'd have been sitting this week perfectly happy. But there are things to work on. But it is the first game, you know. Players are still rusty, and I don't. I mean, I was a little bit surprised at a couple of players who, who were selecting who weren't. But I don't know the full, you know, the full story. Um, but we've got to see. We've got to see what they're capable of. All the players, uh, I'm sure. You know, obviously, watch all make a couple of changes this week to to freshen things up and have another look. But um, yeah, I, I think we're we're expecting a completely different game on on Saturday to to St. Tellings. I mean, like I've said, I, I don't think many people, well, many teams will go there this year and get anything out of it. So. You know, like I say, it's out of the way now, and we, it's time to look forward and build. Yeah, uh, I spoke to Ken Seal uh, after the game, and this is what we have to say. So I'm joined by uh, Ken Seal, try scorer tonight. Defeated though, talk us through it. Yeah, it was a tough one to take. Um, it's not the way we wanted to start the season, but um, I think we still got a lot of things to learn. What What do you take from that? Obviously, Saints were white hot, uh, but you know we, we did you know give them a lot of thought process in that in that game. We tested them, but unfortunately, we just weren't able to you know push them. Yeah, I think I uh, just needed to be more consistent with our with our plays and our position, and um, it's not always good defending your goal line. So we need to. Um, get on the other end and uh, do what we do good in attack you got one chalked off tonight as well very close that that try but obviously you got one over the line eventually yeah yeah I did um, first one was uh, I don't know what happened there but yeah but I'll take the first the second one so at the end of the day we just needed to capitalise on our opportunities and um, defend well yep to Toronto Wolfpack next week opportunity to bounce back uh, and hopefully record our first two points for 2020 yeah hopefully we can uh, we've got a big week coming up and uh, I think we're just going to Work on what we have to and work on uh, what we didn't do today and uh, I'm sure the boys will be up for it first time game as well. Cheers, big thanks to Talks on the Sports Zone. Right, cheers, mate. cheers mate, brilliant. So that was Ken Seal.
talking to me, party after the game, and you know, like like you know, we've agreeing here. We're talking about it. You know, we played okay. Saints were the better side, uh, and we'll roll on for next week and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I, we just need a bit, a bit more ball to work with, I think, and uh, you know, try and do a little bit less defending. Uh, we're still a dangerous team, you know. We're not overly different to, to the way we were at the back end of last season as a as a team and as a formation. And um, I think we'll I think we'll get back there. I just think you know it's going to take a, it could take a couple of weeks. Um, so if you can scrape wins as well as you go and then build and get better like we did last year and peak at the right time, you know, there's no need to, for people to panic. I know when people see it in the paper the next day and look at the score and they'll be like, well, you know, that's that's what I expect from Salford away at Saint. Um, if you'd have seen the game, you'd know you uh, you know you know that that's that wasn't the case. We weren't as bad, and I, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, uh, Paul uh, spoke to Ian Watson uh, after the game. This is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Hey, Ian Watson joins me. First of all, congratulations on your, on your new contract at Salford. Not the result you wanted tonight. No. I could tell by listening to you in the press conference, you're a very disappointed coach, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, we felt we'd been preparing the right way um, to come to um, a champion team like Saints and, and put up a real good performance and it just uh, didn't turn out that our defence was way off the mark. You've shown glimpses tonight, though, especially in that first half. You move the ball and you look like you can score every time you've got it. You must be pleased with that. Was it... Was, was Saints good tonight? I mean, I watched them tonight and thought, blimey, they're going to take some beating in, that, in the competition. Yeah. Well, they won the lead by 16 points last year, didn't they? And um, to be fair, they look like they've started off the same way as they finished last year as well. So, um, look, they're a good team and they're very consistent with what they do. And we need to learn our lessons from that. They've, they've taught us a bit of a lesson of how to play the game really simple today and um, kind of not overcomplicate it and turn the ball over in the right areas. And that's something we didn't do. Our last plays were terrible today. Um, but so was our defence and we need to be better than that. How do you approach that Toronto game next week? You're not going to make wholesale changes, I'm sure. You're going to give players another chance, aren't you? Yeah, we, we, we've got to find a um, we've got to find a team and get confident in that team and the starting lineup to, um, that they're going to be good enough. You can't just keep swapping and changing and um, putting players in for one game and then taking them out again for the game after. You're not going to get any continuity or consistency of that, and that that's the one thing we're fighting for at this moment in time. Obviously, in pre-season, you play games. Um, but not everybody plays full 80 minutes in them games as well because you're trying to get them through to just have a bit enough match fitness to get through to the season. But the important thing is now he's going to be gelling the team together as we go forward. Was you expecting that fast start from St. Helens tonight? Because we know yeah. the way they play the game, don't we? Yeah, they, they, they start quick every time we played them, don't they? I mean, last time we played them here, we were 16-0 down after 10 minutes. Um, we are down again um, after, obviously, we kept the two points early, but then we were down after the back end of that. But I just... I just think um, ours, is, um, ours is more about ourselves and um, our processes at this moment in time rather than looking at um, the other teams and to be fair, like I say, Saints have taught us a little bit less and we need to learn from that but it needs to be about how we go about our processes. You came into this game confident, you know, I know everyone in the press conference is waxing lyrical about St. Helens but this is all yeah. about Solbert, isn't it? How can how do you go forward from that? You, you can take positives from that game, can't it? it's not about being dead downbeat, we're one game into the season you've got to move on from it quickly haven't you yeah well we, we, we know the attack looks pretty good uh, every time we got in good ball we should have scored or or did score um, I think we probably bombed about four four opportunities there against a quality defensive team to be fair and they had a lot more fair share 
more of a share, fair share of the possession than we did as well so we're doing that on the back of having to defend set after set after set as well which we did in the grand final against them as well we had to defend for about 25 minutes but then when we come down the end we scored we know we'll score points because of the way we set up and the way we play um, our key thing is making sure we're good enough defensively some positive performances from, from Kevin Brown I thought in particular his kicking yep. game looked really good didn't it also Reese Williams perhaps a surprise addition to your squad I, know, I don't know whether he was first choice or whatever. he seemed to play himself in with it the pre-season yeah, game. I thought he showed up really well tonight yeah he did there was um, a couple of little bits on um, tries that we conceded where he might have been at fault a little bit but we'll have a little look back at that video but overall he's been really good in pre-season and he's um, he seemed to be okay again today but we'll have a little look at the video first thanks for speaking to us tonight and see you next week mate, All right, mate cheers. that was uh, Paul and Ian Watson uh, Parker talking about the game and Ian Watson talked about learning lessons uh, against the teams like Settlers uh, to move forward and become a better team yeah absolutely that's that's exactly what we've got to do you know you've got to I mean, Saints will have changed a few things since they've got a new coach. Maybe we, you know, you don't always know what to expect when a team does get a new coach, how the style might change. You usually know what you're getting from the Saints, you know. They play with a bit of gay abandon, don't they? The ball gets flung about. They set a good platform and then, you know, once it goes wide, you're going to get exposed. And uh, uh, so it might have took us a little bit of time to work that out. But uh, I think overall, I think Watto, he, he, he knows what he's doing. He talks sense and he, he'll have seen... You know, the things that have, have worried him and he'll be fixing them this week. Um, but he'll be keeping the lads level and, you know, just trying to work with them and just get some confidence into them. And uh, I think I think the thing is with Watto, he, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that panics about anything. So he's probably gone through the motions again this week, you know, and then just tweaked a few things, spoke to a couple of players about, you know, where they need to improve as individuals in, in certain uh, aspects of the game. But... Um, no, I listen to his interview. I think he's, you know, again, he, he's just, he's just spot on. To every time he, he speaks, you listen. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's not about panicking. It's only the first game of the season. It was set Ellen's, you know, the, the grand final winners, and you know, we know we are a very good Super League side, and sort of many clubs uh, in the Super League won't be able to handle uh, a set Ellen's team firing like that. So it will be interesting, sort of five, six weeks down the line, seeing how other teams. You know, sort of deal with with that intensity, and then that might put our scoreline uh, sort of in perspective. Oh yeah, we won't be the, the last team to go there this year and get a thumping. Believe me, it's, uh, there, there'll be a few this season. Um, but again, you know, like I say, Saints aren't going to be that magnificent every week either. I mean, I, I'd love to see their completion rates and everything else because I don't remember dropping the ball too often. I don't remember them missing too many tackles. You know, that it, it was just an all-round great performance from them. Yeah. Um, and they 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 can't sustain that every week, but um, we just met them on a you know a really bad night for us and a, a really good uh, night for them. I think it was about simplifying how you play the game, but playing it at a sort of super speedy and intensity level, and that's the difference. I think Saints were able to you know run at that higher level for longer than we we were able to. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing is you know you look at Saints; they haven't actually gone out and signed anyone. Yeah, you know this, this is the Saints team that. They they know each other inside out. You know they've had you know, twelve months at least together, and some of them you know a lot lot longer uh, working on that. And they, you know Theo and, and Lomax and uh, people like that. They, they've all worked together. They know the patterns of play. They know what they're doing, and they're so in control. And we're you know we, we're still fixing a few things, like you say, changing half backs again and a few other positions in the pack. And it, it takes time. Um, but Saints looked like I, I thought last week they looked like a the complete machine, um, but they can't do that every week. Uh, we, like I say, we just met them on a on a bad night. Yeah, um, 
Also, I, I think as well, um, obviously, we got beat by 48 points to 8, but I think psychologically, it's better if we didn't get over 50, because obviously, you know, Ian Watson and the players and coaching staff have targets, don't they, which they, you know, want to, you know, succeed throughout the season. I think probably one of them is not to get done by 50 points, probably. So to keep us sort of below 50 this early in the season gives everyone confidence on it. Yeah, and I know Watto prides his, himself and his team on, on defence. And last season, certainly back end again, you saw how organised we were. I think that from like the last, what, I don't know, I know during the playoffs we only, we only conceded a, a couple of tries right through again, you know, against the best in the league. Uh, early in the season, yeah, we were a bit weak. And I remember, you know, obviously the early part of last season, we, we got a, a bit of a, a turning over at home against Leeds, who, you know, let's be honest, they weren't, uh, they weren't exactly excellent last year, were they? Um, so again, maybe something else for him to work on, and, and, and tell the boys, you know, that what happened last year now is gone, and you've got to keep working and improving, and you know, get that, get the defence right. And if we do get the defence right, I think we have got enough uh, potency, you know, going forward to, to cause a lot of teams problems. And uh, yeah, I think we just need to sort out a few things in defence. Certainly, we got caught out wide too many times the other day, uh, you know, leaving the winger exposed and that kind of thing, but. Again, like I say, it's early in the season. We'll, we'll work on that, and I think you'll see a, a big difference come this week. Yeah, I think what it is, Parker, the top teams pride themselves in defence. I think defence wins your championships, doesn't it, really? That, that's the difference when you know, your attack looks after itself, but if you can sort of keep your defence tight, you don't have to score as many points as, as you might have to if your defence is a bit leaky. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? That's, that's what they say. You know, defence wins your games, and uh, we saw it a few times, like I say, last year. We were, our defence was, was was unbelievable. Um, it, you know, it could just be an off night, but like I say, new players just trying to fit in and, and maybe losing their way a little bit, used to different patterns of play or whatever. But um, I, I'm not I'm not overly worried. I'm sure, like I say, this week we'll have a, a completely different outlook. And if things do go, you know, badly wrong for the next couple of weeks, then then maybe we have to you know, we'll also have to make adjustments. But I think you'll just say, just keep working at it. We'll, we'll be fine. We won't come up against an attack like that. So, just just you know, stick to what we know and, and hopefully we'll get through it. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Uh, Paul Whiteside, always always next week, is man of the match was uh, Evels. Uh, Richard Martin, work to do, Evels. Uh, Paul Carney, what I, ex- what I expected, Evels. Uh, Niall Evels getting three man of the matches early doors there, Paul. Yeah, well, I mean, you'll say I, I submitted one. I didn't know what, what was happening this week with the podcast. Um, so I, I submitted one. Um, different to that, but he was certainly one of two or maybe three that, that, that stood out for me as a sole player. Not, he didn't make a single mistake, and they peppered him all night. They kept putting the ball high, and he, he didn't, you know, he, you know what you're getting from Niall. And, uh, you know, when you look, at, you look at that team, he did. He made good meters going forward, and He's always there in attack. Um, but yeah, they kept putting the ball up to him and he took him safely every time. And I don't think every every time he you know he went for the ball he was uh, he wasn't impeded by somebody, but he, he had, yeah, he had a really, really good game and a, a promising start to the year for him. Yeah. Uh, Chairman Bob, um trustee and Watson, his man of the match was Gil Dudson. Uh, you said very very tough lesson, Dudson. Uh, Paul Foster Saints too hot, Evels. Colin Reynolds sank to another level, Evels. Uh, Natalie Taylor, season isn't over, uh, Evels. Uh, Colin Wilson, on to next Saturday, Evels. Uh, Martin Scholes, do not panic. 
uh, Evels. I think that's that's an important message. I think uh, I think Phil Kinsella uh, tapped me on the shoulder in the press conference and he said, "Don't panic." I said, "I know." <laughs> I think I think like I say, I think that's the message we have to kind of sort of put out there that Saints are white hot, and you know to get beat by that much is 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 going to happen to a lot of teams, and you know it is the only first game first game in the season, uh, and there's, there's plenty of more improvement uh, and good times ahead for this uh, Salford team. Oh yeah, like I said earlier, I don't think we're as bad as the scoreline looks. Uh, I don't think it reflected us at all. We, like I say, we got things to work on, but we we certainly matched them for for large, you know, periods of the game. It's just when they got a roll, certainly later in the in the second half, we just couldn't get on top. We couldn't get the ball off them, and you know, once a team does get a roll, and that that can happen to anybody. So, like I say, yeah, it's no need to panic yet. Yeah, uh, Salford Connor, very good performance. Is man, how much was? Uh, James Greenwood, uh, Clarkley play the ball. Evels, Mike Woodbridge needs the ball. Evels, uh, big man Peter, uh, worse than Kendall. Um, referee, um, I don't think the referee was was too bad. Party, what do you think? Uh, I, I must admit, like I said earlier, I think he made a few bad calls in the first half. It was certainly a, a ball ripped out of our hands over our own try line, mm. uh, which he gave a drop out, which was, was incorrect and. Uh, there was one where just before Warmsley scored, I think it was, it might have been the Theo one, where um, the the tackled Saint player held on to our player and he gave a penalty to Saint and they scored off that. Yeah. Uh, my, my main worry was their, their flowing of the play the ball uh, that he rarely pulled up at all and it was it was blatantly obvious that that's a tactic that they were using. Uh, I know we maybe have to be smarter or we may have to try it, but... That things like that, sort of, he didn't seem even. But overall, I mean, you know, I'm not going to blame the referee for a result like that. But uh, I just think a few calls didn't didn't quite go our way. But you know, you see things differently from different angles of the ground, obviously. Yeah, I, I think when things like that party, it's about kind of the professionalism in the that every contact matters, and and you treat every tackle with with the deserve the respect it deserves. Basically, mm. they all they're all so organised on who who grabs the player, who puts him down. Who gets off them at certain sort of points in the process, and yes, sometimes it does look like they are kind of holding on that little bit longer, but technically they're doing it right. So why would the referee pull it? Uh, I think I think you're right. It is for me. It is there is there is a little bit of um, maybe gamesmanship involved in some of it, uh, where their player will you know claim that our players got older theirs when. Clearly didn't have, you know, but it, it just gives them an extra few seconds to get the line set, which we, you know, we need to learn. But um, it, it was frustrating watching at times when we did get penalised for it and thinking we're clearly not doing that. Otherwise, Saints wouldn't be on this roll to start with. Um, but overall, I'm not, you know, I could say I, I, I prefer to take the ref out of it, but I, I don't think he was brilliant, certainly in the first half. Um, but after that, you know, once the damage is done, it doesn't matter what the referee does. Is how you try and you know repair it, I suppose, and uh, we, we just didn't manage it. Yeah, Patrick Conley, too many mistakes. Evels, uh, Tori Armante, uh, need to gel. Chris Seed, house work in progress. Sargentson, uh, Sparta Lightning Services. There's a plug. Uh, learn mm. errors. Um, Stephen Doyle, uh, let's go again. Evels, uh, Harvey, Tri- Harvey Reed. Uh, it was Saint Evels. So I think everyone's got all the man of the, well, quite a few man of the matches there. Um, in our first uh, one of the 2020. Uh, interesting to see who uh, who 
sort of wins this year. Joey Lussick won our uh, three-word man of the matches uh, last year, um, and he'll be in contention again. And I saw what levels. Yeah, I mean, I went with like a couple of the other guys. I went with uh, Gil Dunson. Mm. I thought he was he, he was tireless against like a set of massive pack, and I don't. I think a couple of his colleagues probably didn't step up to the level that he did, and he he carried a lot of weight for for. And not, I don't mean literally. I mean, but for that pack. Uh, against against Saints last week and I, you know last last season he was brilliant. He must I think he came quite close again, didn't he last year? Um, and again, you mentioned Joey there. It's interesting because we didn't actually have a replacement hooker on the bench as such, did we? No. Uh, which is something that obviously last year he worked well with with Tompkins getting spelled and being able. To, I know he can do big minutes, but if you, if you have an option for him, then then that. That's the best way, and up against Roby and you know and Saints and their pack and the, their interchanges, it it was going to be tough for for Joey. And obviously he's a mark man this year. You know nobody's going to give him free reign near the try line. Um, I know he tries it every time, but you know he scored a lot of tries last year. I'm sure every coach has spoken that you know when when we're within ten of their line, you, you watch Joey, um, see you know see where he's going, see if he's going to try and do that dart over the line, but. Um, yeah, it will be, it'll be a tough, tough call this year. I'm glad that Dan Sargenson got a vote in there as well. By the way, I think he's I think he's been really steady so far, and uh, I think there's plenty more to come from him and, and the rest of them really. But yeah, you can't argue with Niall getting getting man of the match this week. Yeah, I agree with Sargenson. He's, he's been he's been very very good in the minutes he's played. Uh, I think Yates as well. I think he does a lot of work, Luke Yates. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, the three with match points are always kind of done just after the final whistle. So, you know, lots of emotion still flying about, isn't there, at that point? Mm. So, uh, it's usually a different result when it comes to the actual sort of player of the year later on in the, well, in the season. Right? But, last year was a sort of perfect example of that, wasn't it? The amount of times that certain names had come up after one game, but then be nowhere near at the end of the year. It's, yeah. You do, you kind of you think automatically, oh, he'll get it because you think of the great games that that player might have had, which might be 10 games in that year. But somebody could be so consistent every week that they get in that top three and, you know, three votes and they go on and and win it at the end of the year. Yeah, it's going to be a a proper bum fight. I reckon there's lots of good quality uh, players in our squad and they're all going to be, hopefully, want to get that that trophy at the end of the season from us. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so that's all the uh, after the report looking back at the Saints game Paul uh, what we'll do now uh, we'll see all the big news coming out of Salford Devils and the world of rugby league this week so Parky what we'll do we'll start off um, with the news that the Salford Devils Foundation and the RFL are kind of working together um, to improve the profile uh, of rugby league in the greater Manchester area um, I think it's a fantastic uh, thing uh, going forward. Obviously, with the World Cup coming up, um, mm. we need our game to be spread far and wide uh, in the community and the surrounding areas. And I think things like this will will help. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's much needed, and, and not before time. Um, you know, you know, Great Manchester. It's a, it's a hotbed of sport. You know, we we I don't think there's a, a, a sport that's not played in, in within the region. Um, a rugby league profile isn't high enough, you know. Even like I said earlier, you know, working down at Media City and the Keys, they, they, you could stop, you know, a hundred people, and, and probably eighty-five percent would know nothing of, of rugby league or what was going on with it. 
Um, so yeah, and like you say with the World Cup, we need to make a big, big thing of this. And I, I think Greater Manchester is is a hugely untapped sort of source of, of certainly of players but of supporters as well. Uh, I think what you'll find in, in this area, you know, when the basketball started up years ago, and then the ice hockey, and you know, obviously the football team and the cricket, and it, pe- people will go, people will follow it, you know, and they will get an interest and they will stick with it. And, and we, we just need a little bit of a boost. I think the club have tried really hard over the years. Certainly, you know, they do a lot of work in Trafford. Um, but, the, you know, the other reasons, obviously, you've got Wigan and Lee within there, and all of them are Rochdale. And, you know, people with with teams, but the wider community needs a, a little bit more of a nudge, and hopefully into the schools and and you know businesses as well. Yeah, you got you got Trafford, you got Stretford, you got Sale, you got Altrincham, um, you got all that area there, mostly sort of sort of rugby union area. But uh, Parkhead, I live around that kind of area, and Sale, Sale Sharks have vacated it in in my opinion. There's only Sale Jets, which are like. Sale Sharks reserve team that, that play at Awood Road uh, still. Obviously, Swinton play at Awood Road. But, you know, it's an opportunity for Salford Devils to, to try and tra- try and tap a, uh, you know, a market there. Because people, you know, do like uh, rugby. You know, they, they do watch the, you know, the Six Nations and, and they do watch Sale uh, occasionally. Uh, but if we can obviously go out into their community and, and, and say, you know, we're, at, we're the, uh, the local rugby league side from yourselves, come and watch us. You know, offer them uh, tickets, and, and you know, hopefully they'll they'll take the take the take the bait uh, and become uh, you know supporters of us, uh, you know, for years to come. Yeah, and I'm aware that Sale have obviously tried to make uh, inroads into into Salford. I mean, obviously we play here, but into the you know to the schools and so on, uh, which is something we can't take our eye off. But yeah, there's, there's no reason why we can't you know go to the other side of the water and and, and try and tempt a few over over. I mean, I, I think. For me, if you play rugby union as well in them areas, and you know you get a chance to, to have a crack at rugby, league, I think a lot would. You know, I think a lot would like to have a go, um, and they just need to know, you know, where to go and where, you know, what clubs they can go to and and how to get into it, and then a little bit more knowledge. And uh, yeah, it's good. I'm glad the RFL are involved now because I, I think they neglected us a little bit. Um, I would say the same probably about about Merseyside as well. It seems that you know this part of the, of England, you know, this part of the northwest has been a little bit left off the map. I know they do a lot of work in a lot of areas, and certainly in non-traditional areas, you know, all around the Midlands and uh, the southwest, and obviously London and, and so in the southeast. I've, I've always had you know pretty good sort of coverage and and been looked after quite well. I think we get left behind a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's good to see that. At last, you know, the, the, the RFL are helping the club and, and just hope we can get, like I said before, schools and businesses and, you know, the neutrals involved and, and see what the impact is. Yeah, let's talk about uh, a, sort of a, mini, a sort of a mini league uh, which runs between sort of May and August for sort of new teams and new players that sort of want to get involved. So that's, that's a good thing as well. Uh, there's an open forum uh, on the 15th of February uh, at the AJ Bell Stadium for people who you know want to sort of get involved and have ideas how to sort of help the development in the in the Greater Manchester area, and I think it's great. You know the 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 club and like you said the RFL and the foundation are all kind of coming together to to you know hopefully produce this end goal of uh, rugby league and Salford Devils, you know, covering the whole uh, Great Manchester area. Yeah, and I think obviously the, the, 
us being in the the headlines for the grand final last year as well will have woken up a bit of uh, you know a, a few people's imaginations, I suppose that you know little old Salford have got there, and uh, it, it was a great, realistically the whole day is a great marketing you know thing for for the club and, and rugby league in general in this area. Everybody expects Wigan, Saints, Warrington, you know Leeds, and and, and so on to to make these games, and we made one. I think you know a lot of local interest was, was you know not just here in Salford but around. Manchester was, uh, you know, was kind of I don't know kicked into gear a little bit, and uh, now now is the time to strike. Yeah, uh, talking about the grand final, uh, Ian Watson had his uh, weekly press conference uh, yesterday, uh, and he spoke about um, how he's excited uh, about um, you know what he can see the development and hopefully you know new fans coming in um, to our club, uh, and this is what he has to say about it. <laughs> BT being back in front of your home fans soon. Last year in particular, really came to prominence. Yeah, br- brilliant. Really kind of looking forward to it. I want to see kind of the impact of what last year had on people coming through um, to watch us at the AJ Bell. I think that's a really important one for us. We spoke about being being a top team or being a community team, and to be better, we needed more people through the gates. And at the back end of the season, going into the grand final. We had a big following going into that. You'd like a percentage of them to stick with us now to make us a, a real force going forward. And do you feel as though that is sort of a barometer as to the progression of the club? Not so much whether, you know, if you were successful on the pitch, you might think fans yeah. sort of come through the door. And is that, if you see the numbers go up, is that partly just as big of a success? Yeah, 100%. It, last year was, was great in terms of a rugby side. But with the amount of people that got behind the club, local businesses, um, local uh, people who've probably never been to games before and actually turned up to the ground. I was amazed going to the to the gym. I don't really speak to many people at the gym, but you go in there and people say, I'm going to the game and I'm looking forward to it, but I've never been to a game before. But it was because it was Salford and they were local. For us, it's for us to grab them and bring them here so that they actually love the game and they want to stick with the game. And while we're talking about Toronto expanding it there, we're getting more supporters here and we're expanding it at home as well as um, going abroad, really. So, yeah, that, that would be the, kind of the, the tough challenge now, how many we bring in the weekend, but hopefully we're bringing a lot of people and they, they kick us on to this bit. So, Parker, that was Ian Watson uh, talking about how we're looking forward to seeing new faces and our crowd growing. Yeah, well, I think we all, you know, we all let go of that and uh, and applaud his, you know, his comments. Um, there are a couple of, you know, key aspects to that. The last season, obviously, was was great, and I'm sure I've, I think I've heard a couple of times that season tickets are up, you know, quite quite a lot this year, quite sharply, which is which is encouraging. And, um, but we need, obviously, we need to continue the good work on the pitch, and and as we, you know, said a thousand times, the work off it is is equally as important. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, th- this weekend's probably not the best indicator of it. You know, kind of two o'clock Saturday afternoon kickoff against a team that will have, well, let's say little support, not none, but not massive amount to to encourage people. We've just got to get as many people as we possibly can behind us. And I think, like I said about the you know the whole thing about Manchester and Great Manchester, I think a lot of people kind of woke up a little bit and thought, you know, we might have a look at this. Um, I mean, we can't can't have what I don't know anything between sort of ten and fourteen thousand at a grand final, and go back to you know two thousand again. Uh, people were people that used to go that I knew you know knew really well. I've, I've actually gone out and got season tickets themselves this year, 
because it, it, the buzz it gave everybody in them last you know, few weeks of last season were, were unreal. And I think we can get on it now. These people might come back and, and come back for good. It's about riding the wave of optimism. And I, yeah. I think that's what we are doing as a club at the moment. To, to grow it, and that's and that's the that's the end of, that's the ball game in it. End of the day, it's about making everybody you know excited about the season, and, and the enthusiasm grows, and everybody you know gets sort of caught up in it. And, and you know, yeah, defeat against the Ellens is the end of the world. Uh, Toronto this week, the new the new boys on the block, uh, the Sonny Bill Williams effect. You know, you're hoping you know people will be switched on uh, outside our our bubble uh, to that and want to come and uh, you know give us a give us a watch. Yeah, very much. And I think now the, the way the club is as well, I think it, it's a good time to, to get new support because you can be part of the club, you can feel part of the club. I think for a few years in between there, it, it was slightly taken away from the fans, you know, and more of a slightly more dictatorship style, I would have thought. But now, you know, you can go and talk to Paul King anytime you want about, you know, any ideas or anything you've got about the club and taking it forward. And obviously, please, there's, there's a buy-in there and how important the fans are. And I think if you're a new fan, you can start to feel straight away that, you know, I like this. This is, I want to be part of this. And the club's got a different feel to it now. It is a, obviously, you know, it is a community club. But I think, I think you could, you could go now and fit right in. It, it won't be a case of, you know, thanks for your money and we'll see you later. Um, but yeah, I just hope people of Salford and, and, and surrounding areas are, are back in love with the, with the game and with the club and, uh, and tip up on, on Saturday and then for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, starting to feel a bit like the old days at the Willows. You're never going to get the total Willows effect because we're at the AJ Bell Stadium and technology is different now, isn't it? But I think we're, we're walking down that road, Parky, and you know, it's a good thing, AJ Bell Stadium, we've been there for, what, eight years now or something like mm. that? You know, it's our, it's our home. Um, for, for me, the club, you know, there is still bits I think they, they need to do. Like a, like fix the badge at the on the top of the uh, on the stand uh, and maybe put a sign on the other other side of the stadium facing the motorway things like that do cost money um, and I'm sure down the line you will get to it um, but yeah for the feeling part you know for the feel part of it you know us fans are engaging in in, in this match day experience um, and you know we're all buzzing uh, ready for the the season to start yeah and like I said sort of back in the last season seeing. People, fans with, with smiles on their faces before a game was, you know, slightly unusual rather than people sort of, you know, God, what's going to happen today? Um, it was really good. And then at Saints last week, I mean, the great numbers turned up, brilliant. Uh, you know, I was, I was so happy it was a, a Friday night first game up, but it, it was on Sky, you know, it, not not always ideal. You can easily just sit at home or in the pub and watch it. Um, uh, and it was a bit fresh as well, I suppose. But, um, before the game there, the feeling and, and everybody was, you know, it, it, it felt a happy place to be. And we've not had that for, for quite some time. And like you say, hopefully if we can, we can start again on Saturday and bring it back to, to the AJ Bell. And, well, you never know, you, you might get the, the feeling, you know, the old days in the shed or whatever. And uh, again, that encourages more people. Talking about happy places to go, Parker, Instagram. Are you a Instagrammer? Um, I'm on there, and yes, and no, I don't, I don't put a lot on, unfortunately. I've got a bit of a, I lead a pretty boring life, so no one wants to be looking at things, you know. And certainly, no one wants to be looking at pictures of me. Let's be honest. So, um, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't often uh, take too many snaps and put them up there. But I'm on there, yeah, and I'm following a lot, of, a lot of good people, a lot of good, interesting people. Yeah, uh, ten thousand followers the club have got now. 
on Instagram, yeah. which is which is a massive amount of people uh, that, that the club are kind of uh, sort of sort of uh, sort of broadcasting to and 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 sending things to, and I think it's fantastic that and Red Devils TV where you can get the rest of that Ian Watson interview um, allows the club to to generate this uh, material and and give everyone like you say that ultimate fan experience. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm no expert on anything like that, but social media now has so much power and so much sway in people's minds uh, that anything you know if it's on there and they see it, whether they take you know two seconds to look at it or have a you know a full read, it's there, it's in your mind, it's it's in your face, and it's it's free. You know, to be honest, the amount of years I've said that we need to market the club, we need to advertise, we don't need billboards or anything anymore. People are never off the phone, are they? Ever or, or you know any other sort of uh, you know the computers or anything else, and I think that that's the way forward. And if if you ten thousand people looking at an Instagram post at the club match, or even if you know how much notice they take, I don't know, but it's there, it's in your mind. Um, and I've said it before, you know, companies like Adidas and McDonald's and so on don't need to advertise. You know who they are, but they do advertise. And every time you'll go on, you know, Facebook or something, an advert will come up for, for another company that you already know about. But it's just getting in your mind, and I think it's a great thing. And 10,000 people, I mean, you know, if we could turn a few of them into, you know, bums on seats, we'd, we'd be doing very well. Yeah, we're on Instagram as well, uh, Parker. Uh, Devil in the Detail, SRD, all one word. Uh, we're not doing that well. We've only got 337 followers, but they're all quality followers. That's well, that's that. You see, that's the key. Sometimes it is quality and not quantity, isn't exactly. it? Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, we'll have to think of something for that. We'll have to make it uh, make it interesting and get a few more followers on there. Yeah, gonna make it exciting. My wife yeah. did. Um, my wife did an, um, an Instagram course for her business, um, so she's got an expert on it now. So I've been sort of. Oh, just just leave it to her. That's fine. Right, well, <laughs> Don't have to worry about. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see how that how that pans out. Um, but yeah, quite enjoying it really. Doing the old Instagram, something something different. Um, so that's, that's good news. Uh, other bits of news, uh, Parker. Uh, VIP Platinum, Platinum Hospitality is still available uh, for the game against Toronto. Um, it's proving pretty popular. They have to extend their deadline. Uh, I think it was Wednesday, and then you've had to extend it to Friday uh, to try, mm. you know, because a lot of people have, have got involved and, and more seats have become available because I think probably the room's got bigger now, um, which is great. Uh, £66 per person or 600 quid if you, for 10 people. Um, you know, it's, I think, it's, like I said, it's, it's a very good um, thing up there. Uh, feels very much like the sort of the Willows. Everybody's kind of sort of, um, you know, friendly and, you know, everyone's enjoying the game. Uh, and if obviously you've got that kind of money or you work for a business who, who can sort of have that kind of money, uh, it's a, a fantastic opportunity to, to go and uh, watch the rugby league. Oh yeah, I think if it's like say if you're a business, I mean, it is a shame it's a Saturday because obviously you've got to get your employees back together over the weekend when they may not all you know have time with the family or whatever. Shame it is a Saturday, but um, for a company, it's not a lot of money. It really isn't, you know, to to take either clients out or some of your staff or you know a bit of reward. Uh, you get the food, you get the rugby, you know, and it's it's, it's a decent place to be. Um, I'm, I'm surprised it's not sold out. I, you know, I don't think didn't think that happened these days. I thought we, you know, we sold, we sold it out every week, maybe because of the the time of the game and everything else. But uh, 
No, it is good. I've, I've done it myself a couple of times. Funnily enough, we were talking about it on the way to Saints last week when we did it uh, a year or so back. And uh, what a day. It turned out a little bit messy, but um, <laughs> that could be any day of the week for me, couldn't it? <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a good experience in the way the club run it. And, uh, you know, you get to see the players and that after the game, like, like say, like you stood the Willows. Um, that's, that's not, you know, not a lot of money. You think 66 quid per person. You, you take it, if you're going to pay on the day, it's going to be 22 quid. And you don't get anything else for that, so you know, but it's all. It's quite a good deal. Yeah, twenty's plenty though for this week, uh, Parky. Twenty pound for adults. Uh, you know, fantastic value uh, for a Super League, uh, you know, game. And and obviously being the, our first home game of the season, uh, the enthusiasm is there. An older club, uh, Paul Trainer, uh, has has had a project uh, trying to sort of invite all the local schools to to bring uh, their kids and and teachers. Uh, and you know, give it more of a community feel. And I think you know, sources inside the club have said that they've got quite a good uh, response rate for that, uh, which is going to help the attendance on 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 Saturday. So you know, it's a good thing that that that's, that's happening here, and uh, the the schools are being engaged. And you know, it's only going to be you know good for the club moving forward. Yeah, it's good that the schools are involved again. Like I say, with it being Saturday, a lot of the teachers, you know, I, I've heard in, in the past just can't. You know, they've got their lives or whatever at the weekend as well and it's time to spend with their families or whatever. So if they're giving up time or you know, whoever's chaperoning the, all the kids, you know, credit to them and, uh, you know, we can only thank them for that. Uh, we've got to get the kids involved, let's be honest. You know, we're not going to be around forever. Some of us less time than others, I think. But um, it, anything that we can do to get, get people in. Um, and I, I mean, is that is that £20 thing, is that lasting all season or is that... A, I'm not sure how long that's on for. I think I think that's I think it's a good a good figure. I mean, we've been a, I think a whole last year and I tipped up on the day and I paid. I think I got drenched and paid to like 26 quid for a ticket. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, magnificent stadium and everything, but it, it's a game of rugby. Um, I think 20 quid probably you know a, a decent price. I think it's, it's about right. And uh, if things go well for you, you get you know plenty of value for money. To be fair, you used to get drenched, used to get drenched at Hull at the Boulevard. Those yeah, were all well, yeah. days. I don't think I don't even think you'd have paid uh, twenty six quid to sit in the best seats in the house at the Boulevard. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> not the greatest place on earth, but it's moved my, on. One of my first away games at the Boulevard. Um, yeah. I got the eighteen twelve. Orton Smith knocked on over the line. I think it might have been how long ago was that? Oh, that'd be late 90s, wouldn't it? 98, 97, 98, something like that? Over the line. I think this guy called Steve gave me a lift in his van. Picked me up on the on the top road in Swinton and uh, took me to all his, his light for Had his big van. Uh, those were the days. Glory days then. Yes, yeah, we can say that again. I think I think uh, one of my first aways was a Hull, uh, strangely enough, at about some point in the early 80s, 81, 82, something like that. Wow. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't pleasant then, but uh, yeah, no, I'd say they moved on. They got a magnificent stadium, but um, yeah, looking back now, they, they were pretty grim times. <laughs> pretty grim. Um, other other bits of news. Uh, talking about reaching out to new uh, people, uh, Parker. Uh, the advertise. They've got the uh, video advertisements on the Regent Road again. Uh, fantastic in the grand final. Gave our profile a boost, uh, and they've done it again. Uh, for the start of the season, uh, fantastic sort of video montage of, of tries and uh, and sold for players, and you know it's a kind of exciting thing that you want to see 
uh, when you sat in a traffic jam? Well, I was just thinking that anybody who's used Regent Road to get towards the Manky anyway or get back towards the uh, the 602 or anything like that would have spent plenty of time looking around. You'd have a lot of time to read it. I think you put the history of the club up there and people would have enough time. <laughs> yeah. it, it is. It's, it's great. I remember the first time I saw it, I got really I got really giddy. It was back in the last season. I was like, well, that's us, you know. Um, so, yeah, that'd be good. It'd be good if you get one on the other side going into Manchester and every morning people would have to see it again. Uh, but yeah, no, anything like that is brilliant. I don't know who, you know, who comes up with that, who pays for that or what. I mean, it's, let's be honest, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty high, high profile, that. The amount of people going to hit the 602 to go back that way or, you know, I, I think it's a really good, very prominent. You can't, you can't miss it because uh, obviously where it is, there's nothing around it really. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it is good. And uh, let's hope they keep that up for, for the rest of the year, getting the games on there and anything else at the club are, are up to, uh, and again, it's just one of those things getting it in people's minds. Yeah, and it's kind of using the technology as well, isn't it? Because people talk about big wanting big sandwich boards, don't they? With you know posters mm. on, but this is this is you know the you know 2020 in it. You know, technology is available for a for a decent price to do to do you know something a bit different, and and that's what the, the club are doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be nice. You know, if I don't know what the, I mean, I can't imagine it's cheap, but get it. You know more places around the city, and uh, and use like say use that technology. Um, there's enough of it again. You know back back down to, to where I'm at Media City and everywhere else, um, and just yeah get the message out there. Just hope you know even if a small percentage pick up on it, then then great. You know it's a no brainer really. But that that one on on Regent Road, yeah, it's, it is it is really good. And uh, like I say, I probably got a bit too excited when I saw it. Yeah, talking about sort of technology. Uh, though Parker, uh, the club have announced that they're, they're not be printing out uh, match day programs uh, for this season. They've gone on more of a sort of a digital um, sort of journey uh, for us fans. Now we, we can sort of uh, log on and, and and sort of watch news as it as it happens. Really, um, what's your feelings on that? I know you you're, you're a big uh, sort of nostalgic rugby league fan. Is is the program going to be missed? <sighs> I've, well, this is, I've got a confession. I mean, I, I haven't. I've probably bought two programs in the last three, four years um, because they're they've become a little bit stale, haven't they? The words from from Watto and a couple of other bits tend to change, but generally, you know, it's the same thing. And it, it, I don't know. I used to enjoy programs more. I mean, I've got unfortunately, as as sad as this is going to sound, you know, I've got a half a room full of them. Uh, in one of my spare rooms um, uh, and going back you know what 50, 60, 70 years um, and I, I do you know I used to enjoy sitting and sort of looking through and reading them but I don't think I, I think times have moved on now I think you turn up with a game and you know you, you, if you buy a program you've got to store it somewhere you're going to stick it in your pocket or whatever it's not exactly comfortable and you've got to get it in and out if you've got your wallet or you know your phone or something else um, I can't I can't say a massive negative to it. I really can't. It's, it's available online. Um, I, I don't know how it works with the advertising because obviously advertising in the program is a massive, a massive money spinner for the club. But obviously they've already taken that into account. So uh, well, you know we'll have to see what 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 sort of content there is online. But uh, yeah, it's a bit of a you know a double edged thing for me. I, I did I did like and used to like collecting programs. Uh, but you know, times do move on, and this this might just be the new way. 
Yeah, it's kind of a, a sort of a double-edged sword for me because I'm thinking to myself, programs is, is a way of the club sort of generating juice. So if you're not going to sell programs, where where's the money? Where's where's the money coming from? Mm-hmm. But the club have decided maybe that to print out let's say three thousand programs and only sell a thousand half of them, you, you're not you're not making enough money to make it sustainable. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? We have no, I have no facts on this. I have no stats on the programs they actually sell. But I have I have a feeling that you probably have to. You can't buy. You probably have to buy. I don't know, five thousand of them to make it a decent. You know, to make it cheap enough to sell mm. them at a decent price. Yeah, I think I think that's. You'd have to look at the you know the cost implications. I don't know, but it's not just that. It's somebody's time compiling the whole program, putting everything together. You know, it, it is much quicker now to do online. Otherwise, you've got to type it all out anyway, and then send it to a, you know, to the printers while they do it, and then get delivered. And you know, I suppose the other thing is, is there an environmental impact on that? You know, we're not we're not printing stuff, we're not using vans to drop stuff off or anything like that. I suppose, you know, again, I think it probably it probably is the way forward. Uh, and the, I, I suppose the thing is that you, you can get it on your phone. You know, you can sit in the pub after the game or before the game and have a read of it anyway. Um, yeah, I think, you know, looking forward, it'd it, it be something you miss if you're somebody who goes out and gets, you know, autographs from, from the players or, you know, get them to sign the programme or something like that you're not going to be able to do, but you've just got to come up with a new way of, of, of replacing that for people. Yeah, we'll have that Greta Thunberg uh, sort of walking around the pitch next, doing our bit for the environment, getting rid of the programmes yeah. and that. Um, well, you know, I, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think it's great. You know, obviously people you know, really sort of enjoy that, being able to hold that physical programme and sort of memories kind of sort of, in, uh, sort of attached to that. That's what, it, you know, we're in 2020, aren't we? It's, it, when it's printed, it becomes out of date. Any more stories after that, the programme becomes out of date. So this way, you know, it can be updated online automatically straight away. So programmes are never out of date then, aren't they? Are they? Plus now we've got Red, De- Red Devils TV as well, the fantastic content on, content on there. Uh, you know, us fans, you know, we were crying out for this for the last 15 years, uh, and now it's here. So, you know, it's a fantastic, um, you know, thing for the club, uh, and hopefully, us fans will, you know, engage with it uh, and allow it to grow. Yeah, I think if you if you probably weigh up how much time, as I said earlier, you spend online and looking at your phone and other things, uh, it, it's more time than you would to probably to have to sit down and flip through a program. You know, I I, I would presume it's. Yeah, I, I I can see the sense in it. I really can, and if, you know, I don't know the financial impact or, or you know, the club will have weighed this up. You know, we're not we're not talking about you know silly people. These these, these people have worked this out, uh, and even if they trial it and it, they, they don't think it's worked, it's not been successful. Then they can go back and you know we've lost nothing. Um, but yeah, just like give it a go, eh? Let's see how it, see where it goes. Yeah, other other bits of news, uh, Parker, uh, our former chairman. Uh, John Wilkinson was 75 yesterday. Um, you know, great chairman uh, for us uh, all them years ago. And, uh, you know, happy 75th birthday from the, the boys on the, the Devon Detail. No, absolutely. A man that I uh, hold in, in, you know, very high esteem. A, a, a friend, I would, uh, you know, a, a class him. I've known, I've known John uh, probably, I don't know, I was probably five, maybe six the first time we... We met, you know, and I'm uh, I'm a little bit older than that now. Um, but you know, he, he, he 
been at you know some of the, the, the biggest events in my life during that time as well in, in terms of my own personal life. So yeah, great, a great man, a lovely fella. Um, he did you know he did what he could for our club for what the best part of thirty years really, didn't he? And uh, it's a long time to to put your your money in and and your heart and your soul and, and, and give up other things, you know, put family in the back burner at times just to keep you know keep the club running and. Uh, a great man, and you know, huge happy birthday for everybody. Yeah, a real man of the people, really, and a, and a kind of a figurehead uh, for, for everyone. He kind of, he, he kind of sort of knew you as as, as you. He, he didn't. It was no kind of like he didn't have the brush too often. He he always had that sort of five minutes with you, you know, talking about Salford, and you know what what a great what a great chairman he was for us. Obviously, like you said, um, you know, when you're trying circumstances at, at times, uh, but he always kind of knew. You know what he—he he always gave us what he what he could uh, to keep us ticking, and, and you know we'll be forever grateful for that. Yeah, I think the the one thing that always stands out with Johnny is you can you say to anyone about him, he goes, "How did you know everybody's name?" Yeah, he, he, he amazed me. You know the nights that I've, I've been out, and you know we've we've been out in the Willows on a Friday or Saturday night in the cabaret, and he's been there, and he, he seems to know everybody in the room, and it didn't seem to matter where they came from. Um, we knew everybody by name, but uh, yeah, a, lo- a lovely man, and uh, you know, big happy birthday, and I hope, uh, I hope everything's going well for him. Yeah, obviously, we went, we went from one extreme to the other with Marwan Kukash, and now we've got Paul King <laughs> <laughs> sort of, uh, sort of, uh, sort of steering the ship now. And you know, you can see a lot of, a lot of uh, um, John Wilkinson in Paul King. Oh, very, very grounded man, a lovely bloke, Paul. Uh, a lot of time for him. And he's doing another man who's doing a great job for us in the club, and and again, you know, he, he stepped into the firing line when I don't suppose anybody else wanted to. Uh, and I'm sure now, sometimes he lies awake at night thinking, "How oh, on earth did I fall into this?" But <laughs> a lovely bloke, a great, a great guy to have a chat with, and uh, you know, again, hopefully we can have a bit of success with with him there because of the sacrifices that he's making. Yeah, and that nice ball, but sort of sort of driven as well. He knows what he wants for this club, and he knows what. He can what what we can achieve as well, um, yeah. It's, I think it's you know it's a perfect fit uh, for for what we are as a club. Yeah, and a man with Salford at his heart, which is you know he like I said before, he doesn't you don't have that one person at, at the top maybe putting the money in these days like like John did for so long, but the club was in his heart, uh, and the same with Paul. You know he's been a fan, his fans are all fans. And uh, you know that whatever they do, they're going to try and do for the best. They they don't want to hurt this club. So uh, I, yeah, I trust him. And uh, like I said, hope we have a bit of success for him. Yeah. To be fair, it's not just him. There's Andy Rosler, there's Paul Trainer, there's, there's other people as well. Uh, but like I say, Paul Paul King is kind of the figurehead, isn't he? So uh, yeah, he's, I think he's doing a fantastic job. And uh, like you say, rewarded with a with a grand final experience. I mean, uh, what 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 else can you ask for? Well, a cup final, please. But I won't. I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'll leave that one. Um, other bits of news, Parker. Uh, supporters bus uh, times have been announced for the game against uh, Toronto on Saturday uh, for Red Devils 1. Um, it's basically uh, starts a shop in Salford Precinct, 12.35. CD Road, 12.37. Goes to the height at 12.42. Uh, then Langwithy Reds at 12.45. Hope Library at 12.50, Eccles Interchange at 12.55, Dog and Partridge, the number one Salford Red Devils supporters uh, pub at 1 o'clock, Barton Springbridge at 10 past 1, and then it 
lands at the AGA ballot at 20 past one. Uh, I think it's great that they've got this up and running. Uh, again, it allows uh, fans who haven't got transport to get to the game, and it's only going to help uh, grow our crowd. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually on the uh, the WhatsApp group about about this, and I've been following with great interest the, the struggle over the, the winter to get a company involved again, a bus company that was going to provide, you know, help provide the service. And Dave there has done an absolutely unbelievable job of, you know, he, he, he tirelessly worked through uh, in his own time to make sure that this this could go ahead again because it's such a success. It's great. I, I've used it so many times now. Um, it's brilliant and for somebody to do this and he's put his own time and effort in and he's you know he's got it back up and this i hope people use it i really do because it's it, i mean it is great great service it goes all around you know it drops you off after the game you know wherever you need to be um yeah they've, they've done really well i'm glad to see you know it is back for this season yeah and that's what you want you want you know fans to be able to to get to the game and you know the supporters trust and the club and are all working together to make that happen, and that and that's the important thing. That's the thing we're all kind of excited about. You know, people all working together to make the club uh, a better place. Yeah, I sort of saying before about you know becoming a fan that you can be part of the club, you can put something in, you can, you know, you can get as involved or not as you feel. But that that, that chance is there now. It's not a closed shop. It's not, you know, for years when you know uh, Shirley and. And, and Ian and myself and you know people like were involved with Forever Reds. It seemed at times once once you know we'd moved to the new stadium, it was kind of a a little bit closed. I think it was always going to be more difficult to for the club to for the fans to have that impact. But now that that's open, you know, it's a two way thing, and the the supporters trust and and the actual club are, are working together on so many things, and it just shows what you can do when you work together. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I suppose it's about engaging. Uh, everybody's sort of super excited about it. And, you know, we know that this club is, is, is in a really good place at the moment. Us fans are all kind of really excited about it. And, you know, it's only going to go one way and it's up. Yeah, fingers crossed. And like I say, you know, let's, let's work off the back of uh, the success we had last season. And, uh, get, you know, we've just got to encourage more people to get involved. And that's the main thing. But, um, no, we've got some good people working for us at this club, for the club and you know, for the trust, putting their own time and money into things and, uh, you know, again, just wishing massive success in, in whatever they try. There is another bus as well. Um, I can't find the link for it. Um, I, I think, is it, uh, is it the Royal Oak in Ireland? Is that... Is yeah, that this, uh, no, in, uh, isn't it the one in Boostown? Boostown, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a big Salford supporters club these days. A uh, bit of a plug as there's a slight family connection with the, the ownership of the club. So, uh, I'll just give it a nod as well. Yeah, um, yeah there is. Yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a bus going from there. Yeah, I think they're looking. Obviously, if people want to use that. They have to go in the pub. I think the pub is running it now. Yeah. If you if you live around there and you think, well, I'll use the bus, mm. go and book your seats on the bus in the pub. Well, if you have to go in a pub, I mean, what, what a sacrifice that is. <laughs> yeah, what a sacrifice. Yeah, you know yeah. the the. the the levels you have to go through, Paul, to, to follow this team. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? So <laughs> leads you to drinks us down. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think what it is, I think our sort of role and the, and the rugby league media's role and, you know, people who broadcast and stuff, it's about talking the game up, about mm. sort of building these 
stories, the positive stories in, in the game, uh, you know, building, you know, excitement in, in every game. Uh, Phil Kinsella talks to me about, you know, how it should be about, you know, talking about the top sides and, you know, how, how the, the, you know, the, the race to the Super League title and the you know, race to Old Trafford. It shouldn't be talked, we shouldn't really sort of glamorise the, the, the bottom sort of 10th of the 11th until sort of the last five or six games of the season because that's when it really, really matters because it's the relegation the relegation battle. And that's what I think sort of rugby league struggles to do. It struggles to kind of sort of build that excitement and build that, you know, uh, you know that scenario and that you know, excitement to everybody. Because if you build that excitement, like the Premier League, we talk about the top four all the time. We don't really talk about the bottom sort of six, do they? And a lot of people in the Premier League get, get excited about that. Fans get excited about the... The, the journey and, and the excitement of it all, and I think we can learn from that, um, you know, this season beyond. Well, rugby league's constantly gone around shooting itself in the foot, to be honest with you, on, on many many issues over many years. But um, yeah, we do need we do need to hype it up. And yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, so that's all the big news uh, coming out of the Sulphur Devils uh, this week, uh, Parker. Uh, next up on the Devil in the Detail. We'll uh, see what's happening with the amateur scene uh, with Paul Whiteside. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. It's another busy one again. There's uh, quite a bit of professional uh, rugby league in that as well with the Challenge Cup, and I'll also give you the reserve uh, grade scores as well. But we'll start off with Student Rugby League. Salford went down 26 points to 10 in the Northern Conference Cup at home to Leeds Trinity. That was last Wednesday. In the College Rugby League, though, in the Knockout Cup, Salford Red Devils continued their good form. They beat Hull FC by 24 points to 23. The fixtures for this week in the Northern Conference Cup in the University Rugby League, Wednesday the 5th of February, Manchester are at home to Bangor. In College Rugby League, in the Premier Division, Hull FC face Salford Red Devils, Furness play Hopwood Hall and in the North West Division 1 the Salford Red Devils A are away from home against Wigan Warriors. In the Youth and Junior League there's some fixtures this coming weekend in the Cup Under 18's Round 1, that's the Baylor National Youth Cup, it's Folly Lane against Sheffield Hawks and West Horton Lions play Oral St James, in the Under 16's Saddleworth Rangers play Siddle and in the Under 14's it's Oral St James against West Horton and the Rochdale Mayfield Mustangs are at home to Thatwell Heath Crusaders. We'll turn our attention to the newly reserve Salford reserve side. We've got all the results from the reserve uh, league. It was Huddersfield 52, London Broncos 12, Hull FC 20, Bradford Bulls 18, Hull KR 26, Wakefield 22, Warrington 48, Newcastle 0, Witness 10, Wigan Warriors 52 and Salford Red Devils were beaten 24 points to 22 on Saturday afternoon at Ruskin Drive against St Helens. The Salford Red Devils team lineup was Jamie Abram, David Jones, Ed Chamberlain, Elliot Keir, Kristen Inu, Alex Smith, Chris Atkin, Chris Worrell, Connor Jones, Connor McMallan, Ryan Lannan, Jack Ormanroyd, Henry Davis and the subs were Connor Davis Aspe, Joe Digby, Tom Millington and Tyler Brown. Salford's try scorers in that game were Ryan Lannan, Alex Smith, Elliot Keir and Joe Digby. St Helens did go into a 12 point lead. Salford got the scores back to 12 all but St Helens just pipping them in the end. It was a thrilling contest actually. I saw uh, quite a bit of that match on, on Saturday. The fixtures for this coming weekend. Saturday the 8th of February, a 2 o'clock kickoff. It's Newcastle Thunder against Salford Red Devils. Witness Vikings play Castleford Tigers. On Sunday, London Broncos face St Helens. Wakefield play Leeds. Wigan play Hull. And on Monday, it's Huddersfield Giants against the Warrington Wolves. Well, this coming weekend sees the return of the Challenge Cup. It's the third round 
Uh, most of the games are played on Sunday, but I'll give you the full fixture list for this weekend, including the Super League first. On Thursday night, it's Warrington Wolves against St. Helens. That's a televised game at 7.45. On Friday, the 7th of February, Casford Tigers play at Wigan Warriors at 7.45. And it's the Hull Derby between Hull FC and Hull Kingston Rogers. That's a 7.45 kickoff live on TV. Salford Red Devils play Toronto Wolfpack Saturday, the 8th of February with a 2 o'clock kickoff. Also on Saturday, Lee Centurions at home to Sheffield Eagles at 3 o'clock and Toulouse Olympic play Oldham at 5 o'clock. In the Coral Challenge Cup on Saturday, the British Army play Ince Rose Bridge. That's a 2.15 kickoff. Lee Minor Rangers play Bentley at half past 2. At 12.30, Rochdale Mayfield play North Wales Crusaders. Siddle play West Hull at 2 o'clock. And Thornhill Trojans play Doncaster at the Tetley Stadium in Dewsbury at 2 o'clock. On Sunday, the 9th of February, Huddersfield Giants play Leeds Rhinos. Wakefield Trinity play Catalan Dragons. And the Betfred Championship on Sunday, it's Featherstone versus Halifax. London Broncos against Whitehaven. Swinton Lions are at home to Dewsbury Rams. Witness Vikings play Batley Bulldogs. York City Knights play the Bradford Bulls and in the Challenge Cup third round on Sunday it's Barrow against London Scholars Hunslet against Coventry Bears Keithley Cougars against Newcastle Thunder Rochdale Hornets are at home to York Acorn West Wales Raiders play Underbank Rangers and Workington Town play West Bowling so that's the third round of the Challenge Cup don't forget in the fourth round the Championship sides enter there I'll give you the scores from the Super League at weekend in round one it was Catalan Dragons 12 Huddersfield 32 Hulkington Rovers 30 Wakefield 12 Leeds Rhinos 4 Hull FC 30 St. Helens 48, Salford Red Devils 8, Toronto Wolfpack 10, Castleford Tigers 28, and Wigan Warriors 16, Warrington Wolves 10. In the Championship, Batley Bulldogs 18, Featherstone Rovers 38, Bradford Bulls 14, London Broncos 18, Dewsbury Rams 10, Lee Centurions 36, Halifax 18, Sheffield Eagles 17, Oldham 6, Widnes Vikings 36, Toulouse Olympic 22, York City Knights 10, and a terrific win for Swinton. They won on the road at Whitehaven by 14 points to nil. That's all I've got for you this week. I shall see you on Saturday for Salford against Toronto. Take care, have a good week. So that was Paul Whiteside's amateur report. And next up, we're going to look forward to the game against Toronto Wolfpack on Saturday. It's time for the So, Solver Devils' first home game of the season against the Toronto Wolfpack. Super excited, uh, Parker, back at the AJ Bell Stadium, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, the boys are back in town. Uh, this is what we've waited for. You know, we spoke about the Saints game earlier and it's out of the way and it's gone. This is where this is where we can build from now. This is our start to the season. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I kept a, a keen eye out for, for Toronto last week. I watched them in, in their game and uh, I, I, to, to say I wasn't overly... Uh, you know, troubled by them is, is, is an understatement. Um, obviously, the club, the, the boys can't think like that, but it's going to be great to see them back at home. And is it the first time since the grand final in, in a competitive game? And you know, I, I hope they do themselves do themselves proud. And uh, let's turn the you know the AJ Bell back into a fortress. Yeah, obviously the, the Toronto Wolfpack. Uh, you know, making big headlines. Uh, you know, in the off season, uh, even since their existence a few years ago, you know, Canadian club, uh, you know, signing all these top players, kind of coming up through the leagues. 
kind of first real test this season against a sort of a full-time outfit every week. Uh, it's going to be interesting how they uh, play out. Well, it is. And looking at their squad, it, it's not as strong as anyone would have expected. Um, it, it's starting to look a little bit like the, the you know, the huge mega sign of Sonny Bill, which, you know, we spoke about a couple of months back, didn't we, on here. Great for rugby league. How great it is for Toronto, I, I don't know, because they seem to have gone all eggs in one basket. Um, I think they've only got something like a 23-man squad in total. And over this Super League season, it's it's punishing and unforgiving. And if they lose a couple of key players, they're going to have to go out and replace them. Uh, and with a salary cap biting already, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, but they have got some good players. They still, you know, a lot of players they brought over the last couple of years, which has enabled them to get into this position, into the Super League. Um, they, they're, they're still a dangerous, a dangerous outfit. But like I say, I think if, if we can, you know, add an extra ten percent to what we did last week. Um, and, and they, if they turn up like they did uh, against Cat, I, I can only see a home win. Yeah, I think with, with the Sunny Bill thing, uh, Parker, he's, he's 34. He, he has been a very good player, it has to be said, in rugby league, in both sets, in both codes. But to, to expect him to be rampaging through defences at 34 after a, you know, a long career in, in rugby league and rugby union. For me, he's a little bit sort of too much. He, he will, he will have, you know, bring a bit of razzmatazz to to the Super League because he is who he is. But I think I look through our sort of forwards, and I think, you know, man for man, you know, we, we're better. Oh, overall, as a squad, with I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that for one minute. And we've got, you know, the, one of them key things which is experience of Super League level, you know, rugby league in our in our squad. Um, the Sunny Bill thing, he, he can be a bit of a sideshow, I suppose, but. I'm not going to take anything away from the guy. He's an absolute monster, isn't he? What an what an athlete! I mean, I think I think most of us fellas would give you know whatever to to, to look, look and be like him. You know, to be Sonny Bill Williams, the life that he's had, and, and he'll carry on having. Um, it'll take him time though to adjust back and to get back to the pace. And this isn't National League pay, you know, this Championship pay. This is this is Super League, and if you're not on it. You'll either get hurt or you'll get left behind. Um, and I think maybe at the start of the season, he's really going to struggle. And if he doesn't pick it up quick enough, you know, what what use is he going to be to them? Um, I know he knows the game. It's not the game. It's the actual physicality of it. And, the, you know, you do a tackle, you get up, you go. He's no lying on like there is in uni or anything stupid. You, you're on the go all the time. And that might, might have an effect. And, uh, you know, how much strain are the other forwards going to have to take off him? If, if that is the case, so I look through their squad. And I just I don't quite know what what their aim is at the moment. I, I presume this season it's a case of stay up at all costs. You know, um, I'm, I'm surprised to see John Wilkins still in there. You know, I thought he would, I thought he retired last year and then he, he, he's back and he's going to have to be one of their key players. And I'm not going to doubt him. You know, as a player and again as an athlete, but another long season. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it could, you know, I I could be you know, crying my beer by you know huh. four o'clock on Saturday afternoon and and eating my own words. But I just think I look at us and and we we, we look a lot more complete than they do. And I think we look stronger in in all areas. Yeah, I, I look at their squad, Parker, and like you said, uh, you know, Sonny Bill, um, 
you know, he's the main man. Wilkin, you know, he's he's got he's you know old father times might be catching up with him a bit. But you've also got you know Gaz O'Brien, you know Matty Russell, um, Chase Stanley, Ricky Latoui. You know, there is quality in that in that team. Um, but that, like I say, it's an unknown quantity. We we don't sort of hundred percent know you know what Toronto will be able to deliver week after week after week. You know, people talk about having to travel from Toronto every week. Well, that's not happening at the moment because they're, they're in the Etihad. So they haven't got that fatigue of having to fly to every, every you know, couple of days. Um, so it's going to be, a, I think it's going, to be a, it's going to be a test. But I look at Matt, like I said, I look at Ian Watson's men um, and, and I think, you know, we've got enough quality uh, to, to, see, to see Toronto off. And don't forget, Toronto have a, a, a Brian McDermott as coach as well. You know he's he knows what you know what it takes to to coach a, a super league sort of grand final winning side, doesn't he? So he'll know you know what this uh, this team is capable of. Uh, and Ian Watson, you know, he wants to be tested against the very best. So it's going to be interesting to see you know what he comes up with game uh, plan wise uh, to to unsettle the Toronto Wolfpack and uh, you know hopefully secure the win. Yeah, I think like you just mentioned there about the players, I think their three quarter line is fairly strong. I really do. Um, it, it's more the forwards I look at and think, you know, is that a strong? You know, is that going to be a strong Super League pack for carrying forwards? I know one of their, their leading, you know, props is going to be Adam Sidlow, who who left us quite some time ago and went playing Championship. Um, you know, players like that. They still got is it is it Meller at half back and, and a few. You know, there's players in there that I don't know. They kind of remind me a bit of a. A league from a few years ago, mm-hmm. in that way, you know they, they, they've got good players, but are they good enough as a as a team and as a squad? And um, they're, they're dangerous. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. It sounds like I'm just trying to mock them and you know write them off, and I'm not. I'm definitely not doing that. But I've just got a, a little bit more faith in us than than looking at them. And uh, you know, when you look at them, if you, if you did line them up man for man, how many of their team would you take over ours? I think that's the team. And you can start the fullback. You know which one I'd rather have. Um, have you seen them both? Mm. So you know, I, I think I think we'll be all right. A couple of couple of changes in our, our lineup, and uh, the the guys will be switched on. I think they'll be up for this anyway. First game at home, you know they'll come out with a bit of fire in the belly. I think with a point to prove, and uh, and hopefully we get into them early. We could we could make it possibly a little bit more comfortable of an afternoon than than many might think. Yeah, because I think that's where we've kind of changed and evolved, really. Because before we'd be looking at them, thinking, "Well, if he if he turns up, you know, we'll be in trouble." But we're not looking at our opposition now. We're looking at ourselves, thinking, you know, who do, who who can do the damage here? Who's going to be the guy that that wins this game? And that and that's the that's that's the difference, I think. Yeah, it's true. You know, you think of it that way. Again, last season, once you get a role, you're looking at your team, going, "Well, we're on fire." Who can beat us? Who do you think will beat us? Mm. You know, and, and yet parts of last season it wasn't quite like that. You did turn up at the ground looking, oh, he's he's playing for them this week. That's a bit of a worry. You know, it doesn't matter now. You want, I, I think, as we saw last season, our, our best could compete with the best, and that that's the way we can look at it now with with a degree of confidence and comfort and just just yeah, focus on us and and how how we're going to cause them problems. You know they're coming to our place. It's going to be tough. Uh, not not many teams get it easy at the AJ Bell. And uh, what what's all be? They'll keep the lads up this week to get them, you know, pretty much 
this is where we need to be. If we can put a, put a marker down against these, we've got a lot of home games coming up. You know, let's, let's get off to this good start to the season, get the points in the bank, and uh, and then you know we, we can look forward for the rest of the year. Score prediction, Parker. What's your score prediction? Don't forget, there's a Nando's in it if you get it right. Oh, oh dear. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Oh, now you put me on the spot. Now, well, now, now, now the <laughs> white side is he? Where is he? Waiting at home. That's where he is. Probably under a boiler, sweating. That's where he is. Yeah. Oh, that's a point for doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'll. Um, I, I will say. After all that, that I've just said about Toronto, uh, I will go with a. 26-4 win to the Reds. 6-4 Reds. So, 26. 26-4, yeah. So, Salford at home. First game in the 2020 season. First home game in the 2020 season. Boys, you know, a bit sore after the Saints game, after that, you know, performance. They'll want to right a few wrongs, won't they? They mm-hmm. know that Toronto Wolfpack are the big big show in town um, you know the rugby league sort of world uh, interested to see what's going to happen with them so we have to perform we've got quality players in this team and in, in the squad that you know are able to put in a sort of 9 out of 10 performance on a regular basis so I think Saturday is going to be the day uh, that, that we sort of turn it on I've got a feeling we're going to start quick and end quick so I'm going to go with a blowout scoreline of Salford 42, Toronto 6. Wow. 42 wow. 6. Blowout scoreline will be 20, 20 nil up in 20 minutes. Well, I, 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 I seriously hope you're right. I don't know how many times we ever score 40 plus points, but. You know, this this could be the eight could have turned round, but uh, it'd be interesting to see what you know what the listeners think. To, you know, in the next sort of, when they listen to this over the next sort of twenty four hours or whatever, what they uh, what they guesstimate uh, and see how far out we all are. But uh, it is tough at the start of the season as well. You don't know, nobody's really you know nobody's informed as such, and uh, and you know it could be a banana skin. Just don't know, do we? But um, I, I'm fairly confident that we're going to come away with two points and get the season started. Yeah, so been another great podcast, uh, Parky. Big thanks for joining us for talking all things Salford Devils. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for having me. I hope I haven't uh, sent everybody off to, to Bobo's. No, no, it's uh, we're all revved up, ready to go, Parky, for the uh, big game <laughs> against Toronto. Yeah, well, yeah, let's hope so. And everybody bring your voices with you and uh, you know, let's hope we're cheering the boys home. Yeah, so big thanks to this week's uh, Devil in Detail. I've been Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Ha, 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 ha.